Welcome to Long Distance Listening, a music podcast. Hello and welcome to Long Distance Listening. I'm Andrew. And I'm Nate. Welcome to our newest episode where we will be talking about Ray, uh, Ray's new album, Green. So this came out this year. If you haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, uh, feel free to pause the podcast, go listen to that album, and then come back. And you can hear our discussion on this album. Uh, It's 16 songs. It's an hour and 12 minutes. Might take you a little bit, but you know... um, our goal is to keep this podcast shorter than the album, and uh, that shouldn't be terribly hard for us, but there is a lot to go through. I'm excited to go through this, um, and just kind of a heads up, if you are listening for the first time, uh, we will be releasing this episode, one more episode, and then we will have our year-end episode. So we're going to be talking about a bunch of superlatives for albums, we're going to be talking uh, best music video, best uh, album artwork, best, I mean, there's so many bests. And then we will be doing our top 10 episode where we talk about the top 10 albums of 2022. So it is an exciting time um, to be listening to LDL, but it's even more exciting to be actually part of Long Distance Listening. So, Nate, how are you feeling about being part of this podcast? <laughs> You don't actually have to answer that question. Um, Good. <laughs> uh, we're going to move on, though. I would love to jump into this album. Um, but this is officially, um, and I don't know if I want to say too much now. Maybe you intro it. But this is the first album that is not in full English that we've done. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Nate, how did you find out about Ray? And what made you go, hey, I should suggest this album um, to Andrew and and we should do it? Yeah. So basically, um, this year especially, I'm taking baby steps and trying to develop uh, my music taste past the language of English. I think it's I've gotten more into like different international films and non-English speaking films. And so like getting comfortable with that process and watching something in a different language, I think's really helped me feel like listening to music in a different language feels a lot more natural than it might have in the past. I also think like my understanding of music and like its purpose and how I enjoy it makes me feel like, yes, I like knowing what people are saying. And also I don't need to know what people are saying. Um, and so anyways, basically as I was trying to expand my music taste, Mm -hmm. I was like trying out just like all these different, um, albums. And one of them was this album called our hope by, um, it's a very long Japanese name. And I would pronounce it Hisuji Bungaku. Um, and I won't bother spelling because, like Andrew said, he wants to keep the podcast under an hour. And it would take <laughs> that long to spell it out. But yeah. the album's called Our Hope. It's actually one of my favorite album artworks of the year. And they're just basically this indie, dream pop, uh, Japanese band. Yeah. And 
I like really liked that album and stuff. I also, there's a few like Spanish albums, a Portuguese album I really liked. Um, But that album I had liked the most. And so I was like, okay, let me look up other Japanese indie rock stuff and see what I can find. And it was like a lot of cool stuff, but... I ended up stumbling upon this album, Green, by Ray. The album artwork really, like, grabbed me. Um, it's very... I like album artworks that's, like, singular in color. Yeah. Like, um, And this is definitely that. And the sun obviously stands out. Yeah. And so I listened to the first song, and it felt like very natural to me in terms of like my music taste like it it was a lot of the albums i was listening to felt like much more of a stretch and much more uh i felt less comfortable listening because i had to make a bunch of like musical specifically musical leaps yeah but this one felt like just like right up my alley um Mm -hmm. and i think that has to do with the a lot of their stuff is like very like smooth indie rock, like dream mm-hmm. pop shoegaze, which is like one of my favorite types of stuff. And yeah. then I also think like getting a little bit more into like anime and like specifically like thinking a lot like anime theme songs and stuff like that's become yeah. like a bit more natural for like the, the like vocal and language side of it. And then specifically with going back to, uh, I need to pull up the name, uh, Hisu, Hisu their like melodies I found to be like really interesting. And the melodies and harmonies specifically on this album really jumped mm-hmm. out to me. Yeah. So, Basically, for Andrew asking, okay, now why did I share this with Andrew? Mm-hmm. Andrew is basically, we only had a couple episodes left to record. Yeah. And Andrew is pressing me, said, hey, I really want us to get as many albums that we that you at least really like in the mm-hmm. podcast as possible. And so recommend me some and so I sent him over like seven albums and yep. basically had him pick what was his two favorites, yep. um, at least just from listening to like one or two songs from each. Yeah. And this was Andrew. This was one of the two that stood yep. out to you. And to be honest, I was surprised. I wasn't expecting this to be as yep. high on your list as I was. Sure. And that, that's in no way am I trying to <laughs> <laughs> attack you. It's sure. just more. I think there was a few albums on that what I sent you that I felt like that were more up your alley. And yeah. so I'm actually like really intrigued to, yeah. a, to ask you like yeah. when I sent over those albums, what about this? What was that process like for yeah. you listening to all those stuff? And then why did you choose this album? Yeah. Um, so, uh, I'll just focus on this album instead of the whole, like, um, cause I don't want to bring up, albums that like uh, there was a few that you sent that i did know and there was nothing against them it was just like okay i know that one kind of want to do something weird and and unique and and uh, out of the box what i will say because i'm listening to this so 
so quick. So I listened to probably first two. Okay, so I definitely listened all the way through track one, maybe all the way through track two, and then just kind of did the like 10 second like down like just kept yeah. kind of going down 10 seconds here yeah. just to go like okay this is a good start but like there's 16 songs is there a chance that by track five if i go hey let's do this and then i listen to it and i'm like oh past track five i don't like any i don't like how it sounds just in general uh we'd be in trouble um we really try to do albums that we really like and it's fine if we have criticisms or things we wish were different but we try not to pick albums that we just don't like so i tried to give it at least the once over enough to know like yeah there's something here um and i wasn't paying attention to track names i wasn't thinking of anything um besides just listening to the music had no clue that Ray was Japanese, and I'm assuming Japanese, um, yeah. because uh, the um, genre that iTunes has him in is is J-pop. Um, but I had no clue. wasn't really paying attention to lyrics enough. It was just melodies, so um, mm-hmm. didn't notice that they're singing different language. Um, but what I found to be interesting. And this is probably still one of my main takeaways from the album is I feel like they're two bands meshed into one mm-hmm. um, where there is that um, indie pop, like indie bedroom dream pop uh, deal, which I love. Like that's probably my go to indie is that type of, I don't know, just really smooth, well produced, but like, I don't know, just ambient synths fun i don't know and then there's some like big instrumental parts that are like heavy guitars that are almost like this like power punk type stuff in there too um that remind me of some of the like bands i was either in or around in high school um but like i don't know like there's moments of like not quite Amberlynn, but like almost those types of like really big, loud instrumental stuff um, mm-hmm. in there too. So I was like, they have their like really rock moments, and then they have their more pop moments. But um, it seemed like they were doing something really interesting, and that was fun because I sent it to you, and then we decided, yes, this is um, one of the ones we'll do. I start listening, I'm like, wait a second. Have they sung in English yet in this song? <laughs> no, no, none of this is English. And and it like took me a second because I was like, is this just like someone who's really hard to understand? Because like genuinely, there are those bands out there that you're like, I don't even know if you're singing English. Um, I can't yeah, understand a word for sure. Like a Pearl Jam type song, <laughs> you're like I have no clue <laughs> what you're saying. But um. But yeah, um, that was a main takeaway. What's interesting though, I, and I was gonna say this to Nate before the podcast, but I'll throw. I I tried to look up a little bit about Ray as a band before the podcast. Yeah, and I did a few Google searches, and man, I cannot find anything because yeah. all I find is their music. But like, at least 
I didn't have any luck in finding any sort of a Wikipedia or even a website. Like, I don't know. Again, I probably could have done a much deeper dive to find this stuff, but I couldn't find anything. About the only thing that I saw is, so the album's called Green, and they named it Green because uh, their favorite football team's the Eagles, like me. Um, <laughs> that's uh, that's about all I could find. And that's that's a fact. Don't Google uh, fact check me or anything, but um, well, if, they, the if somebody does, they won't be able to find. That's true, which works in my favor. So yeah, um, so yeah. Um, Nate, do you actually know anything about Ray? Have Have you gotten any insight there? Or should we just start talking about the album? So yeah, so one of my um, I was thinking as we were prepping for this. I wonder, because you were picking between a, a few albums, yeah. uh, well, like we said, um, and we were kind of caught between two besides yes. our next episode. And it was between this and another album. And the other album I had really wanted to do because I felt like he is like very underground, like very, like almost like SoundCloud type yeah. of like rock and I feel like he's probably like really under the radar and yeah. so like that and I was thinking he's he's like a good example and the person I'm talking about or the artist I'm talking about you might hear us talk about them on our albums top 10 of the year who knows yeah. but I was thinking of labeling him like this is our find of the year yeah. you know what I mean like for yeah, people who cool. listen to our podcast I bet you like 90% of people who actually listen won't have heard of this guy and probably even more. Yeah. The the thing about Ray is I bet you 99.9% of the people that would normally listen to us have not heard of Ray. Probably 100%. Guess you might already know this, uh, but neither of us are Spotify Yeah, uh, I didn't people. look at this. Guess their mm. monthly now I set you up to like really probably under guess the I know. monthly and that's, lessons. That's the problem but is I know we're I know. well aware that our audience is mostly American. And so they could actually be really popular in Japan. Yeah. So um, what do you think their monthly listeners are? Ooh. So, so, like, for context, Valley Heart's, like, 75,000. Yeah. Yep. A band, like, like bigger yeah. artists are, like, a million, two yeah. million, ten uh, million. My, my gut's telling me to go 200,000. So, they have just under 4,000 monthly listeners. Okay, so they're small by any standard, unless... Unless people in Japan don't use Spotify. That's not true. The people in Japan no, do not. use Spotify. That's why if you couldn't hear the question mark at the end, <laughs> that inflection, it's like yeah. maybe there's some weird boycott. They're just Apple Music uh, people. No, that that's not at all. Wow. And that's the thing. That's not at all. Dude, this is the most like crazy thing to me because this album is really, really good. Yeah. And nobody, absolutely nobody listens to them. And so when I talk about what's our find of the year, for me yeah. at least, I say 
easily this album. And again, I'm not saying yeah. it's our best album. I'm not saying it's going to be one on either of our lists. Sure. What I'm saying is if you listen to this podcast to discover new music, music that you couldn't find on your own or potentially yeah. anywhere else, this would be that record for you. And my, so. I'm guessing. So Yeah, because honestly, like... I mean, Nate's hip hop album does better than four thousand monthly listeners. I know it's bad. It's awful. Like, I don't know what you were doing. But that being said, like four thousand monthly listeners is weirdly for anyone who's trying, not actually that crazy of a of a thing. Well, yeah. When I think like, of four thousand monthly listeners, I think of. The not that popular bands we grew up listening to, their listens now yeah. as being disbanded for 10 years. Yes. Like, like I'm trying, can you, that's actually a good idea right now, just on the spot. Name me a band back from the day, back in the day that we used to listen to that's no longer together. Like, and so, haven't like, been for a while. An ivory line. All right, that's a great guys. example. So I realize I feel like it's gonna be like, hey, thirty five thousand monthly listeners. And like, they put out what, like, an album or two, and then two albums immediately in two thousand eight and two thousand ten. So yeah, so like, they've been dumb for twelve years, which basically predates. Spotify. Yeah. Dude, do you remember? Which means people went out of their way to find this nostalgic band. Dude, this is a deep cut. Do you remember? Do you remember the wedding? Yes. I assume that the wedding is higher than them, though. They have 7,000 monthly listeners. Seriously? Yeah. I'm I'm surprised because I thought the wedding was, well, I don't know. Maybe just some of my friends liked them more. But like again, I'm gonna shout you out. That's almost twice as many listeners as Ray has. That is crazy. The, they haven't been a band for ten years, and oh, when yeah. they were a band, they were not big. They were just like in that like small Christian like rock scene. What's really funny is I think we could name some bands that some of our friends were in local bands. <laughs> oh no. Like maybe one of Kevin's old bands. I feel. I feel like Did I you search fall. and uh, I wasn't even going to. They say have their to name. have more. I was like, I feel like they haven't been a band in forever, and they were a local band technically. I know they had some bigger stuff, but I think I've checked them like in the past like year or two, and they probably had like a less than a thousand monthly listeners. So I don't think they're, yeah, so they're, they're yeah. under. 369. So they have. I was like, okay, so that really. Well, good for Ray. They're doing better. (laughs) They're doing 10 times better than next week. Okay. Well, this is, I think, an interesting segue just into. Obviously, we, we pull out underrated bands, but if you haven't gotten by now, they're wildly underrated. And so let's start talking about the reasons that we believe their music is underrated, not just like, hey, it's kind of sad that there's a band who has that many yeah. monthly listeners, but like, let's talk about why they deserve more than that. So, um, 
I don't know if I should throw it back to you or just keep talking. Uh, do you want to go first? I think you can, no, I think okay. you, you start. Okay. So first, I want to say this album sounds great. Yeah. For that many monthly listeners, like the overall production and sound of everything, um, I always, I don't know, the, the two instruments that stand out the most to me on this album are synths and electric guitars. Yeah, definitely. And... Um, it's not that the drums and bass, like I was listening to it a bunch today and it was like, I knew I was going to say this and it was like, felt bad not even pointing out drums and bass as much, but like they have their moments, but for the most part, the instruments that carry songs are electric guitars and synths and they usually aren't carrying, aren't both equally carrying a song. If you listen to a lot of the songs, it's like, this is a synth song, this is an electric guitar song. Synth, electric guitar. They're not every every other, but um, they tend to alternate which instrument is kind of leading the way. Um, but the tones that they use for especially those main instruments that they're using, again, um, excuse me, um, especially electric guitar and synth. Um, there's a range to the different tones that they're using through the album. There's some synths that are just very ambient. There's some that are that like 80 synth vibes, and there's some even just like more uh, pulsing kind of dancey synth um, work. And then the guitars you have in track one, you'll have like at the end at that big instrumental, you'll have some tremolo picking, um, which is just really fast picking uh, for anyone who knows. But it's just like this um, sound, but with crazy delays and distortion. And then you'll have on the album just really clean guitars with maybe a reverb on it or um, or a chorus or something that's not really like you just hear each note individually really well. Um, so just right off the bat, you listen to the, all the elements and they all sound really professional. So it's not like you're listening to someone and this is why I'm surprised they have less monthly listeners. It's not like your first take is like, okay, this is a band starting out and they're finding their way and they're still not nailing each individual element enough and you know get them in a nice studio and they're gonna sound so much better like i don't know that i actually have conviction that you put them in a really good studio and i have no clue what they where they recorded this album but like i have no real conviction that you put them in a better studio than what they used and the album is that much better um I think the production is really strong here. I think each um, element is really good. And they change it up a lot on this album. Each song, front to back, feels like its own journey. And then you have 16 journeys. So there's a lot of songs there, too. Um, it's a long album. I was about an hour away from my house for work today. And I wasn't even thinking about, like, which of these two albums we were recording I would listen to. I ended up picking Ray. And, like, I got to my destination and I hadn't finished the album. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I was, like, two times through whatever album I picked. But, like, not even close. And uh, 
Um, but there's a lot there. Each song is so um, so much its own journey. But I don't know. It's it's a really great album. Um, I really want to throw it back to you. I'll keep thinking through some other stuff. But Nate, what are some thoughts just generally with the album? Why does this album deserve more listens? Yeah. So I think there's yeah definitely a myriad of reasons. Just. I want to piggyback off some stuff you said and then maybe sure. go in a different direction. But in terms of the recording, what's interesting is like, okay, there's like so many different um, parts of this conversation where it's like sometimes sounding perfectly crystal clean or like crystal sharp isn't what a band wants to go for nor are they capable of so like yes for instance like we talk about like yeah sure pine grove like i wonder if to start off the reason why pine grove had such a rough and raw record sound and recording sound is because they had to Mm -hmm. you know what i mean but then that becomes a style and that becomes something that is no longer a have to, but a want to. And so like with a band like Ray, I wonder like, okay, like how much of their production is something that Mm. they've intentionally done and how much of it is by choice? Because I do feel like it doesn't feel like, okay, this is made in like the nicest studio ever. Sure. But the thing is, is that in my opinion, the performances are so good yeah. and the songs are so good that you like, you just like are ha- happy with it. Yeah. These vocal performances especially yeah. Yeah. are just like unreal. And so, yes, as Andrew said, there's not much we know about the, the, the band, but yes. what I do know is there's four singers. Okay. Okay. So there's four wow. girl, four women going at it. Um, and obviously they interchange. Um, there's a lot of harmonies, and so, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Um, and what's interesting is I don't know who's playing the music. Like, I don't know if it's... Because, like, you have a band like Baby Metal. It's like, do those performers also, like, write? Mm-hmm. Are they, even if they're not musicians, maybe they're not musicians at all, are they still like guiding? Are they almost producing the record themselves in terms of yep. what they want? And so, like, I'd be so curious to hear like what the um, process is for like making a record like this. But the thing is, like I said, the performances are so good and yep. the sounds. Like, yes, they have these really clean parts, but they also, as you brought up, love these heavier, muddier sections. So, like, I think of a song like Gravity, track three. It's like this. It's like very, like, droning and, like, dark and heavy. And then their voices are just, like, so bright and so beautiful. And so that, like, contrast ends up working so well, and that happens throughout the record. Um, go, I think what they're able to do, like you said, it's crazy that they're able to maintain their quality despite all these different types of songs and with it yeah. being such a long record. When I first heard the album, I was like, oh, or was first listening. I really liked the first like three or four songs. 
But I was like, there's no way I'm going to like the whole thing. It's too long. Sure. Like, yeah. there's no way. And then I finished and I was like, oh, I actually like the whole thing. I know. And and that like shocked me. And they do a really good job with the album construction as well. So let's, I think this is a good transition point. Yeah. Like songs like, I, I feel like you generally hate songs like this and maybe you do hate this song, but like Skyline. Be that like talking song that's like right in the middle. I think yeah. it's like perfectly placed where it's like it's this breath. It helps you to like reflect a little bit, kind of pause, and then them ending with message, which is like very raw. I forget. Is it like a harmonica type song? I totally forget. Uh-huh. It's yeah. like what instrument is that again? Um, I am I, I, Yeah, I, it is just a harmonica. And it's just like very raw, like the vocal, it's the vocals and the harmonica really taking yep. the show. But like they have enough of these like differences yep. to really make the album journey not feel like a slog, despite it being, like you said, really long. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I, uh, I'll, I'll point out Skyline because that was kind of an interesting, um, Thing there and, and I wanted to say message is an interesting closing as well but um, I think it works really well and I agree I probably wouldn't default to like a talking track there's something weird about it feels so nostalgic like when yeah when she's saying like I don't know it feels like it's the thing that I think of is it's like feels like it's an old TV show or something but like yeah I have no clue what it actually reminds me of to be fair um uh, talking about Skyline, but um, part of me is like kind of likes that it's in Japanese, like not English. Um, makes yeah. it like more intriguing and, and fun to me than like just someone doing that in English. Um, she does that same talking thing, and again, maybe if there's four singers, it's someone else who does that part. Um, but um, they do another talking moment, and I, I always forget which song that shows up in, but there's another talking moment um, on the album that, that later is reminiscent then of uh, Skyline. So, um, yeah, it's uh, they do break up the album really nicely. I actually think how the 16 songs are constructed, um, it makes these songs that should probably not be on the same album as each other work really well together and I'll echo what you said like there's almost no no way that 16 songs should work this well um it's it's really like I I think even my one criticism feels stupid but it would be like it's too long of an album and the only reason it's still a criticism is that I can drive an hour away and not get through the album all that does is it limits how how many times I can listen to such a strong album. And part of me just wishes it was two different albums or an album and an EP. But to be fair, um, all these songs are good. They're all deserving of being on an album. So, like, I can't point to any songs and go, oh, this is... You really should have cut this one or this two. Um, and it would be a tighter album without them. And I really expected that. Um, Because genuinely, there's 10 song albums that I go, now there's some fluff here I don't love. But 
I don't know if there's ever been a 16 song album that I haven't <laughs> that I've been like, yeah, I wouldn't cut any of the songs. I just wish it was shorter. Like it's a wish that I'm fine that it doesn't actually achieve. Um, you did mention vocal performances. Now it's interesting. My assumption was it was one vocalist, and I thought she was um, doubling herself for harmonies because I wanted to point out that the the melodies and cadences are extremely strong. But they're matched with how strong the harmonies of those yeah. melodies and cadences are. Um, and there's some really unique kind of um, call and response type of vocals on the album. Um, just some layering of vocals that's just really, uh, really interesting, really unique. I literally can't talk about the lyrics on this. There's some English lyrics from what I can tell. Um, but not many um there are obviously english song titles as well um but um yeah which is an interesting concept i think there's some english in there and some english titles as well but um but i feel like i have no um nothing to bring to the table as far as talking lyrics um so it's just melodies and cadences uh, for me are what stand out. But um, did you uh, did you hear any lyrics that you understood and were able to bring any enlightenment to? Not that I can remember. I do think, though, the English titles for like approximately half the tracks, I yeah. find that to be interesting where it is. it's like in terms of even if there is English on the record, it's maybe like one to two percent where again like 50 percent probably of the titles are in english and so i wonder if it's like a marketing Mm -hmm. almost move i wonder if it has something to do with the visual nature of like uh I, i don't know because the japanese tracks aren't Japanese characters so I was gonna say oh maybe it has to do with like liking the more like phonetic Mm -hmm. letters but the problem is is that they already have songs spelt out in that way so I don't know um I have no idea I'd love to hear more about that and then we have the one track 17 which is just numbers but yeah I think going back to the length Um, I think with that, there's a lot of hits Mm. that I think I was like surprised about. Like, I think you get into the beginning and there's, I swim at night, which is like the big hit in the beginning for me. But then you have like rusty days, resignation, um, night bird. There's like a lot, even though none of the songs are the same, they I think they do a good job of having those like real almost like I don't know if they did singles for this, but like really sure. strong like singles type tracks as well as the more like uh, softer or the more heavier. But they have mm-hmm. those just like really solid uh, indie rock shoegazy like yeah. hits. And so I'm. Very happy about that too, because I think it makes it easy to like get into the record when you have that many like just really obviously strong songs. Yep. So 
I echo there's a lot of strong songs. What's funny is that uh, I'm torn between picking two songs for favorite song, and you didn't even mention them there. Um, I think that, again, just shows how many strong tracks there are on this album. Um, Yeah, let's start talking some favorite tracks. Um, I think this is a... This, at least for me, one of the things that's really hard with picking favorite track is, like, because there's some multiple styles going on, it's yeah. like, it's like, do I pick my favorite indie track? Do I pick my favorite rock track? Um, like, it, it's hard because I think there's multiple ones that that I would actually pick as my favorite, and they're very different um, from each other. But because I'm torn between some, I'd love to send it back to you and have you start with your favorite track if that works. Sure. I don't think I'm going to eliminate. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to eliminate any for you. Because you're going to say one of the ones that you just said? Yeah. So go ahead. when when I heard I Swim at Night the first time, I was like, oh, my goodness. This song is so good. And, like, it made me excited for the record in a type of way where I knew I would be disappointed by it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, to me, again, I'm saying this is my favorite track. In a certain sense, the record yep. did not live up to the expectations of that one song. Yeah. But it did. Like, it was good enough to follow up yeah. uh, that track. And so I think that's that's my, like, fall in love song. Like, every yep. record tends to have it, whether it's the first single mm-hmm. or just a random song that, as gets where it all makes sense it all clicks for you but yeah that's that's my fall in love song for this album and it's still my favorite yep yep um it's funny because that song has been stuck in my head this whole episode so (laughs) um i do think that that like if i were to give a superlative because i'll give it different than favorite song on the album my superlative is catchiest song on the album i think it's really catchy um they write really catchy stuff though too like that's actually hard to say but i do think that that's probably the catchiest one um all right i'll tell you what i'm thinking i'm between one and twelve um um gyaku and um Shituko no no me I'm sorry I'm so bad um at this um I so I freaking love the instrumental at the end of track 1 mm. um but it's hard because track 12 is a much longer it, is it actually the longest one it is I didn't even notice that and Andrew um, you had brought up just real quick you had brought up the other speaking part I believe it's in, in it? that song yeah. I was wondering if it is um, it's such a long song that I think sometimes <laughs> when I was listening I was like maybe it's two um, but they're both slightly like I don't they're not they're not dark they're a little darker, maybe, um, but no, mostly just Kyoku is is darker. But I'll go with that. I'll go track one, uh, Kyoku. I'm sorry if I'm saying it wrong. I really am, but um, it's a great song. I think right away that being the first track that I heard and that long instrumental there at the end. Tremolo picking, I'll, I'll say, like gets me almost every time. Um, so. It's hard to not have a song that has that um, be up 
um, at the top. I think it sounds so good. Um, so yeah, hey, as long as you listen to track one and two, you're good according yeah. to us. Don't go any further. I'm kidding. Please do. But I mean, it is it is nice when I think sometimes. In, well, this. Sorry, I'm I'm speaking very slowly because I'm processing what I want to say. I think intro tracks are just tough to judge. It's funny. It's tough to judge an album off the intro track often. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I think this one does a really good job of introing the album where it's not the intro track because it doesn't fit. Yes. Um, but it is displaying like a specific sound that the yes. album has. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Because I feel like sometimes intro tracks are like not throwaway tracks, but they yes. don't actually intro the album in terms yeah. of like let you know what's gonna happen. They more are just different. And so this one's more indicative but also different. Yeah. Yep. Well, I wanna thank you, Nate, for finding this album. Um I honestly I love this album so much. It's such a good album. Um, and I'm still working on my top 10. We'll see if it squeaks in there. Um, but um, I think it's well-deserving of a top 10 spot. We'll see if uh, if it ends up there or not um, on either of our lists. And you will be able to find out you as the listener here in a couple episodes. If this album makes either of our top 10 or any other superlatives uh, that we could that we could give it. Um, so thank you for listening to this episode. Please, please, please uh, listen to this album. I, I think it is so good. And I can't really think of a reason you wouldn't like it. It's pretty, I don't know. It, it's, it's very listener friendly. It's just a fun, good listen. So, so definitely check it out. Um, Go outside of your comfort zone, as as I think we did with ours, just trying to find something you wouldn't normally just stumble upon um, with this album. So thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, if you would so uh, choose, you can subscribe to the podcast. That really helps us out. Also helps uh, make sure that you don't miss our year-end episodes or any other episodes uh, that might be interesting to you in the future. Uh, reach out to us. Let us know what you thought about this episode, uh, your thoughts on this album in general. You can reach out to us on our socials on Twitter and Instagram at LDLpod. And you can also email us at listening at gmail.com. Um, that's also where Nate receives all of his fan mail. So um, if you are going to send Nate any fan mail, you can use that same email for um, either my criticisms or Nate's fan mail. Um, whatever you want. That could go into the same inbox. So uh, thank you for listening to this episode. Have a great rest of your day.
green, dabu di dabu die, and 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 dabu di dabu die.